Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He, he walks into his house and then there's a surprise party mm. that's been thrown for him because he's been promoted to the guy who's in charge of clearing well, District 9. He, he literally opens, the door is open and he says to his wife, I think I just shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then all these people go, surprise! Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to episode 63 of the Flix Watcher podcast. Today, my guests are Gemma. Hello. Annabelle. Hello. And as always, I'm with Kobe. Hi. And we're here today and we're going to be reviewing the 2009 film District 9. In need of a new pair of headphones to listen to Flixwasher podcast, we really recommend that you check out studio.com. I've been listening with their tray model, which has custom wingtip earbuds that stay comfortably in your ear, great for the gym or while you're on the move. If you're interested, have a look at the stars that they've got on their website. If you use the code FLIXWATCHER, you'll get 15% off any purchase. Come find us on Twitter. Tweet to us. Agree with us. Disagree. We're at FLIXWATCHERPOD. The website FLIXWATCHER.TV has full listings of each episode. And subscribe and review us on iTunes. So all films were available on Netflix at a time recording, guys. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to Flix Watcher. Today our guests are Gemma and Annabelle and they're from the Ant Hill podcast. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell us a little bit more about the podcast you're involved in. Hello, I'm Annabelle and I co-produce the Ant Hill podcast with Gemma, who's also on the show. Hello. And we, we both work for a company called The Conversation, which is a news website featuring academic research, uh, getting academics to comment on the news and explain their research for a, a general public audience. And the Ant Hill podcast is a kind of extension of that. So each month we take a theme and we come at it from different angles and find interesting research that's going on in universities around the world and kind of unearth it and tell stories based on it. So academic research means anything, pretty much. So give yeah, us a, so the what, themes what are pretty. Kind of yeah, do the, you focus zone in on. So the themes are pretty loose. The last one we did was sex. So we were talking to academics researching sex robots, uh, but also things like the online sex industry. Uh, we've also done, we did an episode last year commemorating the Russian Revolution. Um, spoke to some historians who have researched what it like smells like and what it sounded like. So we're kind of getting into what was it actually like to be in on the streets of Petrograd in 1917. 
That kind we of also thing. do quite a lot of psychology stuff. So kids psychology, like why your why your kid finds poo jokes so funny. Done a thing about that. Talked to a div- div- developmental psychologist about that. Um, so we just have questions in the office and we get brilliant people to answer them for us. Cool. We are talking about District 9. We are indeed. It's quite old film. I forgot how old it was. Yeah. But um, it's your choice, Gemma. And it would you like to tell us why you chose it and give us a brief synopsis? So yeah, 2009, it's, it is quite old. Um, I haven't seen it since it came out at the cinema. I think I saw it pretty soon after its release. Um, and I, I've been wanting to rewatch it for a while. So this, I kind of thought that, and it's been on my list of things that I need to see on Netflix. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll choose that. Um, and I wanted to re, I wanted to rewatch it because um, when I first saw it, um, I was actually working for um, a magazine about Africa. And I remember you know, we followed quite closely the reaction to it across Africa, um, which we might get into a bit later, but absolutely, um, it got really criticised by um nigerians which we might go into um i'm gonna i'm gonna full disclosure i'm nigerian but uh (laughs) okay we definitely will get into that um and i haven't seen it again since that so i kind of wanted to and also it's quite a while so i wondered how it's aged um Mm. um so that's why i chose it um um what happens so it's a sci-fi film set in johannesburg uh, which in itself is great as a concept because mm-hmm. no sci-fi films not enough sci-fi films are set except for right now there's um black panther which i haven't seen yet which i'm dying to see um so what happens there is uh it's you you start off and aliens have landed well not quite they're hovering above um a township uh, in in johannesburg um and the the aliens don't kind of swarm and kill everybody they just um stay on their, their spaceship and um, humans have to kind of go up there and, and they find that the aliens are malnourished and not doing very well. So they bring them down. I think it's almost like a UN type of agency that like brings them back down to earth and puts mm. them in a um, township, which is called uh, District 9. And we start the film um, and we are, f- we are following um, in kind of documentary style, a guy called Vickers van der Merwe who he's got a great name who's a like an Afrikaans um bureaucrat like guy who's kind of a pen pusher kind of guy who's been um uh tasked and he's been given the job of clearing district nine um to um uh take the uh oh they're called sorry they're called prawns that's the the, na- the derogatory name that's given to them by um I guess the world the humans um, yeah humans um and he's been given the task of org- of like organizing uh, this this kind of essentially a group of mercenaries who've been hired by the South African government to clear the, the District Nine and move all of the prawns slash aliens out into um, another district, which I think is called District Ten actually, um, which looks like a refugee camp um, with lots of white tents, um, which is out far away from um, uh, where they're they're currently living. And so we kind of follow him as he. He um, goes um, and it's kind of a really militarized operation um, with lots of um, helicopters and guns and just a huge amount of violence. Um, and we, we go in through the, um, into, into District 9 and we start meeting these prawns. And strangely, he's able to speak their language, which mm. is never really explained. Um, um, but They all seem to understand each other quite well, but they, they speak their own languages, but everyone understands each other. Yeah, oh, but they've been there for few. twenty years, haven't yeah. they? So I guess after that amount of time, 
It's like the opposite of that film, um, which I've forgotten the name of, where the whole film is about trying to communicate with the aliens. The recent film. um, Oh, Contact. Not Contact. um, Arrival. That's it. It's the kind of opposite of that. (laughs) Um, So that's what, Arrival's like the precursor to this. Arrival. No spoilers, I haven't seen it. Well, Arrival is about learning how they speak. Okay. So that's the whole film in Arrival. Okay. Um, so it's not it's not giving away any spoilers. But then I Careful. guess Arrival happens and then this uh, District 9 is allowed to happen again. Yeah, so it's 20 years after they've arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the spaceship's still hovering there and we're looking at a picture right now. Right now. It's still just hovering there above and no one kind of knows. That's it. There's loads of weapons and loads of kind of kit that they've got and no one kind of knows how it um, operates um, and then I guess we follow um, Vickers as he um, goes on this mission where he's stupidly like using a clipboard to show the aliens their rights and asking them to kind of scrawl on it and um, agree to be moved. Um, and he gets sprayed um, by this uh, like liquid fuel thing that they um, some clever um, brought in. Uh, called Christopher, which is great, um, <laughs> has been collecting. Um, and it kind of spirals. It, that's where it really starts. So um, not too many spoilers. I don't know. We can spoil a yeah, bit. But spoil. he essentially gets infected and starts becoming a prawn. I mean, if you have not, if you don't know anything about this film and you've just listened to that synopsis, <laughs> you're going to be thinking, what? Prawns? What? I mean, it, the concept really is is quite bonkers, but it's also strangely quite realistic as well which i think is is one of the really interesting things about it mm. i guess it's it, obviously it's a massive allegory to yeah. to the apartheid system in in south africa and well i guess post apartheid well i guess it's all forms of the segregation and, that's happened there and kind yeah. of refugees and yeah. immigrants and th- it's still themes that Echo are kind of now, happening yeah. now well it's based on district six which is an area of cape town that got cleared in nine, in the sixties, where basically just thirty thousand people were living in central Cape Town, and um, kind of it was declared a white area, mm. and the whole area was cleared um, over a course of kind of five or six years. Not quite like this, um, but uh, they were all moved out to townships on the edge of town, and the land is still actually empty today because no one is. Well, some of it is built on very little bit of it is built on, but there's still a massive land retribution problem um not, not retribution um compensation um claim on it so it's kind of really current still so how did it compare Gemma, from first viewing to second viewing i had forgotten that it was filmed almost in a documentary style um which i was kind of quite pleased with when i watched it again because i i remember it being really raw and um kind of in your face and it's really violent and i'd forgotten how violent it was it is but kind of some of it's just ridiculous violence um, towards the end where they're using the alien weapons and people are just kind of exploding. Um, so I think that shock, sh- sh- um, shocked me. Um, and I, But I really, uh, I'm really glad I watched it again. I think it's still incredibly relevant. Mm. Um, and I, But I, I do also, having watched it again, realise just quite why so many people, particularly Nigerians, we'll get, get onto that, were just so outraged by it. Um, um, Helen and Annabelle, what are your thoughts? Uh, great film. I, I had also seen it ages ago, uh, shortly after it came out. Um, in the cinema or in a small screen? I think on a small screen, but I can't remember because okay. it was so long ago. Uh, I just remembered that I really liked it 
and I was up for watching it again. And yeah, like you just said, Gemma, uh, and you mentioned Helen as well. It's so many themes still really relevant, particularly well, like in Europe today with the refugee crisis. refugee crisis. Yeah, so relevant. It's great. And thanks for for bringing it to us again, so I could revisit it. I saw it at the cinema, and then I think I'd probably seen it maybe at least once, maybe twice between sort of then and now. But it's such a clever film and it manages to do so many things mm. in that it's intelligent. It's kind of a little bit gory as well, which I do quite like. There's quite a lot of humour in there as well every now and again. And there's real characters, um, particular Christopher, the, the prawn, we get to kind of connect with. Mm. And the found footage thing was kind of a thing that was going around at the time. There was quite a few films that were sort of doing the, the fake thing. I think it was something around that time but it still holds up really really well and the cgi i think is pretty flawless it doesn't yeah. look like it was made nearly 10 years ago which it's it's great when i was when you suggested this i was kind of rubbing my hands together because i haven't seen it since the cinema either and i was kind of thinking well let's see how this holds up because a lot of cgi just looks typically wank uh after a few years and i mean the high watermark one that still held up is jurassic park still looks pretty great after all this time this was made for a very low budget at the time um and i thought it was going to fall apart at the seams on rewatching, but it just it just didn't i noticed a few tricks in terms of a lot of the time when you had more prawns on the screen it was done in a very kind of tv-esque um lower grade quality so it's like you're watching on a tv screen so maybe they didn't have to render the, gra- the graphics so much but christopher uh, when he's on the screen just by himself it looks you know fantastic I really like this film and I think you talked about a documentary but it, it talks there's a lot of themes in it but also it's kind of a lot of different styles of film in one thing yeah that mockumentary it's almost it's almost like mockumentary at the start it's not just documentaries like Charlton Copley is a very actually very good comedic actor and dramatic actor in one film and a lot of it's really quite funny but like dark at the same time I quite like the academics they I think they're academics aren't they yeah the talking heads the talking heads yeah. I just I, I there was one particular guy very I just serious. thought it was great yeah um you can just They're imagine about- him laughing a lot when he was saying it. Conspiracy theories and things like that. Mm. And there's all these kind of sort of flashbacks. You've got characters that are kind of in the real time documentary and then you kind of flash forward and one of them's in prison gear and it's all it's all like, what's going on? I think the first time you watch it, you're definitely a bit like, this is fictional and it's, you kind of have to let go. Yeah, this is made to look like it's real but it's not real i like the way you just jump right into it too there's no like prepar- preparation for this is what this is what you're about to see so it starts mockumentary and what other genres do we pick up in there's the sci-fi in there there's a bit of gore it's not really horror well, i guess it's a bit of body horror isn't it as yeah, we, I mean, as yeah body horror and you know the the weapon destruction is pretty good um but then it's also kind of a little bit kind of cartoony violence as well in the way that they're just kind of exploding people here and there. Mm. And there's a particular scene early on where uh, sort of one of the troops' arms gets ripped off. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's a little bit funny as well because he only makes a joke of it and every everything's kind of like a little bit of a joke. And as, so as he starts changing into the um, alien, it's it's, he almost kind of, he goes to a, he goes to like a a part he 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 walks into his house and then there's a surprise party <laughs> mm. that has been thrown for him because he's been promoted to the guy who's in charge of clearing district 9 
which is just, I mean, that's comic in itself. Um, well, he's, he, he literally opens, the door is open and he says to his wife, I think I just shut myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then all these people go, surprise. Yeah. And that's how. how and his boss is there. Yeah. yeah. Warning him that he has to do a good job. And all, yeah. in that in and that scene, all he, over his cake. In that scene, all he's trying to do is get to the toilet so he can yeah. check if he shut himself, and then he pukes over his cake, which yeah. is quite grim, actually. Yeah, it is grim. It's it's kind of like the, if you if you like the fly, then you'll you'll yeah. love this. Yes. I have I hadn't seen the fly when I originally saw this film, but I've now seen the original fly, not the remake. Oh, I like the Jeff Goldblum one. The original one is I saw it on a big screen. Um, oh, really? The yeah, black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's watch it. It's I watched. I almost watched it as like a comedy film, actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And that one, he's just got a fly head on, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's great. <laughs> well, the the Goldblum one is great if you like. I like. I like the Goldblum yeah. one a lot. I like the Goldblum one a lot. Um, Charlton Copley. He's great in this. This was his breakout role, yeah. wasn't it? And then had he done anything before of notes? Not really, because then I think straight after this, didn't he do the A Team? Yeah. And that was kind of, kind of propelled him a little bit, and then. I kind of lost track of him a little bit after so that. So he does a few Neil Blomkamp. I think whenever Neil Blomkamp does stuff, um, it's like, Charto, come along, son. Let's do. Let's get your South African accent. Dial it up to nine. Um, but I, I, I really like Charto. I've got a lot. When he was announced as uh, Howling Mad Murdoch on the ATM, I thought, yeah, that's a great, that's actually a great shout. If he can do an American accent semi-convincingly, I'm down with, I'm down with that. Um, yeah, I think what he brings to it is kind of a real sort of human element because at the start he is kind of a bit of a dick mm. and he's still quite a bit of a dick quite near to the end. But yeah. he does, you can see the development and kind of as he becomes less human, he becomes more human in his actions. And it's it could have kind of been done quite heavy handed, but I don't know, something about his performance and his bonding with Christopher that gives it a real sort of, real feeling yeah because there's a few times where he d if he wasn't a dick with christopher then things could have still turned out yeah. quite happily he may have had to go on the ship for three years and come back and they would have christopher would have fixed him but what ensued what happened after in the aftermath wouldn't have had to happen so, yeah i mean you're like screaming at the at the screen yeah in that moment being like what are you doing you like yeah. <laughs> you're ruining everything yeah. <laughs> but equally that's almost one of the most human things to do in that he was just incredibly selfish and irrational and kind of flailing about as he turned into an alien. You're, he's the centre of this whole film and he carries it. He's, um, as you said at the beginning, he's, he's, he is a bit... Um, he's a bit of a doofus. Yeah. And... But, I mean, I think you kind of can't come out of this film and not feeling sorry for him and um, wanting there to be a sequel, um, which I think there's been lots of talk of. Lots of talk. But mm. never... Yeah. Um, and seeing what happens. What do we make of? I mean, the person I hate most actually in this film is probably his stepfather, his father-in-law. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of dislikable characters in here. You got the the captain who's hell bent on just destroying his prawns at, well, given ev every slight. Just destroying anything really. Yeah, I reckon destroy. he'd shoot anyone. Yeah. His his ending is fantastic. Like what, what happens, happens to him? What happens then? He gets prawn. He get. That's exactly right. <laughs> he gets prawn. He gets. Torn oh, yeah. to pieces yeah. by like prawns. five prawns. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing in the film is that the prawns are stronger than humans, mm. but they're just totally disorganized. And well, I guess I mean they they just you know from a the from a position of coming from a position of weakness and 
yeah, it's 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 in a lot of ways you're like, why aren't they rising up? And yeah, physically stronger, but sort, of- I think they've sort of given up. Basically, their their spaceship is sort of dead, and they've got no way of getting back to it. They've got no supplies, and they're they're just kind of resigned to the fact that this is what they've got now. I mean, they do love cat food, and you know, they they sort of have a relationship with the Nigerians which kind of works for both sides. Mm. I think they're meant to be like kind of worker. They're the worker part of the alien species and they're not meant to have any kind of get up and go um, and enough now to get themselves back onto the spaceship. So do you think Christopher was... um, He's like the brains of the operation. Yeah. Do you think he was a high up in... He was probably one of the captains or one of the officers, I guess, in in that fleet? Maybe, or he just kind of... Of over twenty years, he mm. he was one who had a bit more initiative, yeah, than everyone else. Um, before we go on to talk about the Nigerians and the and the the serious stuff, the serious one, well, I guess whatever in, what insight you've had recently, um, the cat food stuff was a bit weird, uh, <laughs> but it was one when when Charlotte's Vickers van der Merwe, um, when I was That's in South Africa, name. I met someone with the surname van der Merwe. And apparently he says it's like as common as Smith, but I don't think he is. Um, but when he eats the cat food, that's when it's like, oh shit, he is. That's him he's got properly the taste turning now, it. Yeah. He's probably turning into into prawn, fucking prawn. When you say to people that you are watching this film, they just say you fucking prawn at you the whole time, <laughs> don't they? It's the first thing everyone. Yeah. I've said it to like ten people this week. And like, yeah, that's what they've said. <laughs> when I when I watched this the first time, one of my good friends he said this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a comedy, and I was like. It's, it's not comedic co- moments. It has comedic moments. And I guess they are kind of set out at the start, aren't they? But um, towards the end, it's just like, this is a bit dark. But uh, there is... there are, There's hope. There's hope. I guess there's just different genres in one film. I think it's, it's very rare for that to happen. Even that kind of setup. Successfully like, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Backlash. So, it had... Um, particularly strong backlash by Nigerians so perhaps I should explain so the Nigerians are um, in the film in the film are these uh, they live in District 9 I think they're basically the not the only non aliens to live in District 9 mm. and they are kind of traders and they basically sell meat to the um, to the prawns, to the prawns um, and um, also love their weapons and then there's this one particular character called Obin Sanjo which is essentially the same name as the former president of Nigeria, whose mm. name was Obisanjo. Um, uh, and he is kind of a like semi-paralyzed kind of Nigerian um, kingpin. And he like he likes to eat the um f- uh, he likes to eat the aliens um because he thinks he's then gonna get their powers and he wants to be able to use all the weapons. Because the weapons are really like a big deal in the film. Yeah, because the weapons are super powerful, but humans can't use them and they need their imprint they can only be used by the aliens. Yeah. But I do think there's an inconsistency there. It's like why wouldn't the aliens have used them to like get out of their situation? I guess that's part of the they're physically stronger and they could if they rallied around as Anna was saying, if they got the Maybe they just, all the most of the weapons were. No, but they had access to the weapons. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I still don't quite understand don't, why they don't didn't use think the weapons. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I tried yeah. not to, but yeah. I think it's just that what, what you were saying before about they didn't have the nows, they're disorganized sort of worker aliens, mm. and also they they're not really bothering anyone. It's only when people bother them, so they're they're kind of happy eating cat food and 
surviving. Women, yeah, it's it's only when really they're attacked that they tend to retaliate. Yeah. So I think maybe they're quite peaceful. I don't know what they would gain from killing everyone because then they'd lose, I don't know, their access to cat food maybe. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, the, well, going back to the, the Nigerians. So um, the film was banned in Nigeria. Really? And it also came at a time when there'd been a huge amount of xenophobic violence in in South Africa, um, which sadly still kind of happens now, and particularly in townships. And I think this was actually filmed basically in, I think it's filmed in Soweto, um, so it's filmed in, an, in a, at a time when there's just a huge amount of tension anyway. And then you basically have a film in which the Nigerians are seen as this kind of evil um, uh, group of people who are taking advantage of the of the aliens and doing like they use um, this, they're, they're almost like black magic kind of, they, they use the word muti, I think, which is, it's just, there's just so much which is offensive um, to Nigerians, I think. And, and maybe uh, you could say, well, it's just a parable and, you know, and I think I I don't know actually what um um Blum, Blumkamp said about it after that, but Neil Blumkamp. Yeah, I yeah. don't know whether how he justified that and whether he apologised, but I mean, it did cause a huge amount of offence. Yeah, I'm surprised it was fully banned. This film is not 100 percent true. Well, it's not true to life, but yeah, I thought it was interesting because they to me they were just like the gangsters mm. in the same way that in other films you get like the Italian mob, yeah, or like the. Essex mob or the gypsies or yeah. the mob kind of thing. They're just trying to get, they're trying to use their position to get more more and more power and the guns will give them more power and more access to more money and more, just they want to make more money out of these It was things. fun how they were more powerful than the kind of UN operation in, in the film. So when uh, the sort of, well, it's sort of a UN operation slash um, arms company. Yeah. So the company that um, Vickers worked for and MNU, that his, MUN? yeah i don't think he actually works for mnu okay it's, he works for like the une type organization Arm of them. yeah MNU so it's like, like the, they're called like multinational united or something yeah, yeah. um but yeah so they're doing all the kind of aid side of things but they're also just trying to get their hands on the aliens weapons and work out how to use them and that's kind of one of the interesting subplots and they're, they're trying to smuggle vickers out so that they can basically experiment on him and work out how he became an alien mm. and whilst they're trying to do that the Ni nigerians who also have the same aim in the in district nine basically kidnap him and ambush the whole um army uh train yeah so yeah i think I, I think you're right there in terms of the, my point my point of view is that they're they are the italians probably wouldn't have taken offense it was like hey these these are the wise guys in the in this part and they're taking advantage and buying the guns and selling the drugs to the people. That's kind of true to life. I think it might've just been not just, but it was particular, the particular moment. So like the time so 2000 and it's been out in 2009 yeah. and in 2008, there'd just been a huge wave of xenophobic violence um, in South Africa um, where people, you know, people were killed and, and things. So, against, against Nigerians. Uh, not specifically against Nigerians, okay. but I think, yeah, though it was against basically anyone who wasn't South African. Oh, right. I didn't know about that. Um, and it happened, yeah, just, I don't know if it was happening as they were filming it, but yeah. it was definitely in the, um, uh, yeah, it was definitely in the, the context of this being filmed and it's still going on. Yeah. Like, okay. I didn't know that at all. And I know, I mean, generally with the Nigerian politics, the um, General General Obisanjo is not someone that's well-liked, but he's more of a dictator. So if there's a, 
an easy kind of piss take on his name that could quite easily just say, I'm not going to allow this film into this into the country. So it could just, not really a dictatorship, but it's still, it's a military rule. It was a military rule at, at that kind of time. Um, so that could be why they just kind of went, not going to let this film into the country. Yeah, I, I think it, don't think he was president at the time. He he was like a former, pre, he was the former president. So but, good luck, Jonathan, by then. Yeah, it yeah. was, exactly. Yeah, um, but I just think, I think maybe it was just a moment when people were going to take offence. Sure. Um, and looking back on it, you can just see why. Um, but I I don't think that it should take away from... To, well, it, I I still really enjoy the film. Like uh, I still think it's a really interesting film. And yeah. it's just, there's so much that it says about apartheid South Africa, um, which I find really... I've actually been to District 6, this place where... Um, that it's kind of not based on but the idea comes from and it's just so so powerful and they're like the geographies of it too is just really interesting so you like take a whole group of people and you move them to an area where they basically have nothing mm. um i just yeah i've it's still so relevant hey kobe hey helen how you doing i'm all right Looks like you've got some uh, new headphones today. Yeah, my head weighs a lot more than it normally does in the morning. Um, yeah. And where are they from? These are from Studio. These are the Regent brand on-ear headphones. And they're super cool. 24 hours battery life and they sound amazing. It's all, it's all about the sound. Who cares about the battery I life? I mean, the battery life is amazing. That is true. I could just be listening to Radiohead on loop for 24 hours. I could listen to Blur on loop for 24 hours and it wouldn't run out. Or like Jay-Z on loop for 24 hours. And they're wireless as well. Or the Strokes on loop for 24 hours. Or anything else on loop for 24 hours. (laughs) And yeah, they're wireless and connect super simple to my my iPhone or anything like that. And you can get 15% discount, Helen, if you go to studio.com if you want to buy some. Ooh. Just use the offer code FLIXWATCHER, as in our podcast name. That's how you tie it all together in a sponsored post like this. Should we move on to the scores? Let's do it. So this is the patented. Well, we haven't really done that yet, but... No, it costs a lot of money. I looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal our scoring system. Um, so this is our special scoring system. It's out of five. You can have a decimal point. And uh, the first one up is recommendability. And uh, we'll start with you, Gemma, as it was your choice. I would definitely recommend this to everybody. Like, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. I mean, if you don't like gory sci-fi, you might need to kind of watch it slightly between your fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, four point five. I'm going to go high. High. I don't. I think you'll. Someone. Everyone will take something away from it. Annabelle. I would go five. I'm doing away with my former lack of conviction and <laughs> saying I like this film and people should watch it. That's good enough. I'm going to go five. Um, I can't fault this film it is great if you haven't seen it then seriously you should definitely watch it it's brilliant I'm going to go 4.75 <laughs> there's a small eye roll there <laughs> I mean I'll give you 4.7 4.75 I like I don't see the need to have clear distinct you know I can have any, as many decimal places I'm an engineer by trade so decimal places I mean three me. quarters if you said 0.65 I might have you taken might have objection but I might throw six five in there. We've still got the whole scoring system to go. Let's see what happens, Annabelle. Um, there are people. The gore might put people off. There's the the subject matter might put some people off. But I think it's a great film. 
Also, the thing is, it is quite a lot of fun to watch. It's you do so really fun. get into it. I, watching it, I was thinking, God, it's been a while since I've seen a film like this that yeah. I've really got into and just gone along with it, even though it's pretty batshit. And <laughs> but also, it's like this is kind of actually happening, yeah. and this happened. And but it's really bizarre. It's it's, it's batshit. A, it's a it real is, it's a but, real rarity to yeah. achieve everything it sets out to be. Be completely relevant be incredibly entertaining mm. and still feel like it was made yesterday and have impact yeah yeah um repeat viewing score i i you should see it again yeah um i, I definitely think i took more away from it like I, and i forgot as i said i'd forgotten that it was a documentary and i really enjoyed like well, it, rediscovering it, it not, it's not yeah it does style, it does yeah. it does yeah but it there's bit it's filmed as you said filmed in lots of different ways um uh, so you watched it you've I think you were certainly like myself you'd watched it twice once when it first came out and then nine years later yeah exactly so do you feel you should have watched it more in that time um I could definitely watch it another time yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't necessarily watch it like every year um <laughs> but uh and it would be interesting as you say to watch it again in like another 10 years to see how the CGI stands up then but um I didn't think I didn't really think about how old the CGI was it didn't strike me so. I'm one of those pinnicky people um, I'm looking forward to watching Avatar to see how crap no I'm not going to look I can't report I don't go that. back yeah uh, so I might say 4.5 again like okay. I would definitely watch it another time so this is it's a higher score than I thought given the said you wouldn't watch it every year so what what kind of what's your most frequently watched film or do you watch films more than once generally? Um, only when I was a kid did I used to watch? I used to watch films all over, uh, loads of times Is when I was a kid. Infinite time as a kid, and also the fact that just the films You've got the one video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No Netflix. No, no Netflix. Yeah, I guess maybe that's we don't we perhaps watch fewer films again than we might have done mm -hmm. because of that very reason because of Netflix. There's so so much to consume and so little time. Why would you like? Why would and I watch so the easily same to get? Yeah. Um, yeah, because you used to have to get on your bike, go up the hill to the video store with Pay. pocket money mm -hmm. that you'd saved up. Go down to Blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. All well, they've got is Titanic. Oh, waste of time. Yeah, they might actually not even have the film you want to watch. It yeah. might this be is all it. out. Yeah. They've just got the case and then you go to look behind it and someone's put three men and a baby behind Fight Club. <laughs> and you're that like, sounds like what? a very specific situation that happened to you. <laughs> Would you not take up? I mean, what's wrong with three men and a baby? I've seen it before. Yeah, you don't want to pay twice for it. Um, Annabelle, repeat being score. Um... 3.5 for me. I am i don't watch films more than once that often, so I would regard that as quite high. <laughs> I go for... Um, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've definitely seen it more than once at the cinema. I must have seen it again. Um, and yeah, I'd probably watch it again. Yeah. Not like tomorrow, but stands up to repeat viewing. So four? Yeah. I'm going to go 2.65. Because <laughs> I want to put the six five in there. I think I'd I'd definitely watch it again. Um, like you were saying, Gemma, I wouldn't watch it every year, but I'd be quite happy to watch it if a good moment uh, arose. But I think there's other films, a lot of other films I want to watch, but I certainly wouldn't ever say no to um, watching it again. I'd watch it again if he decided that they were going to make the sequel. Okay, what well, to revisit it? Totally, yeah. 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 Small screen score. So I watched it half on a television and half on my computer. So that went from 
a slightly bigger screen to an even smaller screen. Mm. Um, and I, I think there are some scenes, like particularly when you can see the spaceship hovering above the, um, the landscape, which I probably will be better on the big screen. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, yeah, there's definitely there's some like E. T. esque moments where they're like going up to, you know, um, the spaceship, but. Uh, yeah, so so this is if it's like so I it's okay it's okay on us it's okay on a small screen but I don't think it perhaps it, you know there are bits where it wouldn't um, so you, it's okay on a small screen but a cinema bigger screen still yeah is the better place for you to watch it so I I might just go right in the middle of that yeah okay. like three yeah Annabelle yeah I agree it, it's still fun to watch on a small screen but it's is quite a big action film and it, I think it would be would be a lot better on a big screen so I'll just, I'll go with three as well Helen I don't know if I'm becoming more conditioned to watching films on like TV size TV but I thought it was alright on the TV I didn't think maybe because I've already seen it in a cinema and I've had that big screen experience yeah. and I quite like the thing I like the most about that was kind of the collective viewing because for everyone in there it was the first time and it was like what's going on that kind of value so that's good but i don't think if you if you've seen it already seen it before at the cinema and you watch it again you're not going to go oh well, that was crap <laughs> i think you'll still enjoy it as much and if you haven't seen it before i don't think i think watching it on a laptop will be a bit crap so if you can plug it into a tv mm. um size then it'd be fine so i'm going to give it a four and also it's one of those films that it is surprisingly quite old so if you've always wanted to see it and you didn't realize it's on netflix yeah Go watch it now. Opportunity to rewatch it. I'm going to go for three point six five. Um, yeah, like yourself, I think it, I I actually watched it on on an iPad this time round. Um, just because I was traveling a lot, and, and you'd had the bit experience, big experience I'd had already. The big screen experience, and um, special effects. Just even on a small screen, you could still tell they were working. But I don't think, apart from at the end, I don't when there's a big kind of fight, which I guess it, for me actually it did kind of jumped the shark a bit when we went into a big bit of a fight scene a bit and became a bit like um iron man yeah kind of iron manny when he's you got the, he's got the rise glitching out. yeah and stuff like that um but it, it it goes into it is almost like a superhero film at the yeah. end with the iron man so there's another genre thing apart from that i don't think it really needed the the big screen no, and also because like some of the the way it's edited together for some of it's obviously taken from sort of handheld camera style either mm. the quality of the film in some places isn't great but its intention is it's it's not great so it does kind of work with that at the mid-level screen size um engagement score Gemma. i'm gonna go high i think because it's a chase right it basically turns into a chase film where you're like and the there's the music is like drumming and mm. um just quite like high temp, like um, getting your heart racing kind of music. Um, so you kind of want to see what's going to happen to him. You want to see whether he's, you want to see how quickly he turns into the prawn. Yeah. Um, and you want to see whether he's going to be able to stop it. Um, uh, so yeah, there's, it's, it's an action film. And it, yeah. in that way. So I think in, in terms of engagement, I'd say quite high. Yeah. Um, 4.5. I'm going to go. And I like the ending a lot. We could talk about the ending. Um, so the ending, <laughs> shall, I, shall I say shall I say what happens at the end? You can say it. Yeah. Uh, he well, he turns completely into a prawn. Mm. We think 
it's him and he's like creating a flower for his wife that he has left on her doorstep. Which is why I think everyone thinks that there will be a sequel. Or could be a sequel. It could there been, could easily be a sequel. It could tie, it could have, I guess, the time to tie in nicely with well, sequel like this would have been three years later. It's been longer than three later. years, yeah. yeah. Um, but, well, you know, they, they can just say it's three years after. Yeah, he's not made that many great films recently, has he? So, uh, Elysium. Elysium and then... Didn't Chappie? He... Was he Chappie? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. I've not seen Chappie yet. Mm. No. I felt a bit cheated at the end that there hadn't been a sequel. Oh, really? Because I'd kind of forgotten the exact ending and the fact that Christopher gets back up to the spaceship and manages to fly off and he's basically promising to come back to wreak vengeance on behalf of his people. Mm. And what happened to him? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Engagement score for you. Uh, yeah, my engagement was high as well. Um, I'd say, I don't know why, but I'm going to say four. Okay. Helen? Um, I'm also going to go 4.5. Had this been my first time watching it, it probably would have been a five, but because I kind of knew what was coming, I was kind of like, did a little bit of like, who are these other side characters? Mm. What have they done since? I did a little bit. Has of anyone done anything of note since? No. Just Charlotte Yeah. And Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 4.65. <laughs> um, One day, were you going to say, just to annoy me? 4.65. I think this is great. And I think testament to the fact that it's always shifting genres it's always shifting kind of perspective it's, it, things are changing all the time it's never dull is it not at all you're never like oh you're like what's happening next what's going to happen next you don't even know what's going to happen next because yeah. it's so you don't know which bit of him is going to yeah. turn into the prawn is, next is he turning into a prawn oh he's, he is actually turning into a prawn okay oh is, is this happening and things are blowing up and th- it just goes in so many different ways it's so, and, and it's seamless so if you're not paying attention then you just kind of left behind away. Um, that gives us th- 4.1, 4.075. Yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, why did it lose marks then? I think because someone gave it a 2.65 for repeat viewing. Yeah, okay. That's. I think that's fair. That's <laughs> well, that's a great score to keep repeat. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've all got high praise for it. Shall yeah. we see what the uh, peeps of Twitter... Let's see what the peoples of Twitter say. So um, if you follow us on Twitter, when we are doing a recording, we will um, put a little shout out with a little gif so you'll know, know where it is and we'll ask you to um, basically give give your five stars and um, a short review. So let's um, see what the people have been saying. Gemma, do you want to read the, the tweet from those guys at the top so this is from the countdown pod um a fantastic sci-fi actioneer with a social sub subtext that resonates district nine is so good you won't even notice it changes genres on you from a mockumentary to to said sci-fi action along the way um oh and then they gave it a 4.5 stars cool um annabelle so rusted robot podcast said definitely a five-star film next to moon it's the best film of 2009 great story frenetic action out of this world ideas a must watch good shout out for moon yeah absolutely and what i'm thinking would i watch moon more than this i think i'm not sure i would actually uh i watched moon again recently and it's amazing but it's not one that i'd probably watch a lot yeah 
now you know what the story happens. Yeah, I mean, some rock is amazing in it, and it is incredibly moving, but it doesn't have. It's not as much fun as this. Um, do you want to say the next? You can say the next two because they're quite short. Yeah, we'll go with these ones. So uh, this is skip to the end. Um, absolute masterpiece, five stars all day long. Big fans there. And then it's what were they thinking at WWTT podcast? Five stars, absolute classic film. I love Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> um, death by film, death by, at death by film pod. Five stars, incredible movie. Been years since I watched it, but I I remember being blown away uh, when I saw it. I think that's what I kind of thought when I first saw it. I thought that's awesome, and I haven't seen it for a while. So thanks for bringing it back to me. Should we take it back to you, Gemma, for the last tweet? This is from Jennifer and Patrick at Wine for Two podcast. This is not my kind of movie, but I've seen it 25 times, own several copies and cry every time I watch it. <laughs> it's great. Five stars. 25 times. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Did, did, anyone, did anyone else cry? No, I didn't. I didn't cry. cry. Were you? Did I? Um, no, but now you mention it, I may have nearly cried watching it previously. It's quite emotional. Mm. I think I might have teared up over the, the father-son dynamic between oh, Christopher, Christopher oh, and his son. Oh, Christopher's son was and the, and the fucking dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he saved the day. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. He or she. Oh, yeah. no, so it's a son, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that little kid. That Very kid, cute. Kid alien. Um, guys, tell us where we can find you online. So we are, if you catch us on theconversation.com, so we're at The Conversation UK. Um, I am on Where's Gemma on Twitter. And I'm at Kabli. Oh, you might have to spell that. Yeah. That's K-A-B-L-I-G-H. Cool. We'll link to you guys when this episode comes out. And our podcast is called The Ant Hill. Yes. We didn't say that again, did I? <laughs> did I say that again? Why is it called The Ant Hill? Uh, so our tagline is unearthing stories from the world of academia. That's it, really. And I think when we designed it, we thought A would make us feature at the top of alphabetical no, lists. Never. Maybe. Yeah. Um... Also, we didn't want to just be called The Conversation Podcast mm. because there are others called that. And that would be boring. Yeah. yeah. And you maybe get to use the ant emoji at some point. Oh, a lot. <laughs> Don't like how it appears on Twitter, though. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's funny. It's a bit weird how some emojis render differently. It's like, I'm not happy with that that one. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flix Watcher Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv.